the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. After these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, look what it says, of all nations, all means all, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. The idea of all nations coming together in unity can be a hard concept for us to grasp. There is so much division that we see, it can be hard to believe that anything can bring unity. However, in today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing a passage in Revelation where we see all nations and people standing before God in worship. If there is one thing that can bring reconciliation and restoration of unity between all things, it is the God of the universe who created and sustains all, and we get to be a part of it. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 7 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. the night of the Passover in Egypt. All of those people that applied the blood of the Lamb to the doorposts of their houses, they were protected from the judgment of God when when God passed through the land and, and God passed over their houses and didn't kill the firstborn in their homes. Uh, when Jericho fell, Rahab was protected by God. Uh, and remember, she was protected through a a scarlet cord, a scarlet rope that she hung down out of her window, and she was protected. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they were kept safe in the fiery furnace. God protected them from the fire. The fire didn't consume them. In fact, it says that they came out of the fire, and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke when they came out of the fire. Maybe the greatest example, of course, is Jesus Christ on the cross. When He's on the cross, and the thief that is on the cross next to him pleads with Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. So even as God is is judging the sin of mankind, he's protecting the thief from the judgment that's coming down upon Jesus. And and, and here, the the 144,000 that will be sealed They're sealed for their protection. They will not experience the wrath of God or the wrath of man that will come during the tribulation period. They're protected from it because they're sealed. They're also sealed to serve the Lord. They're called the servants of God. 
So they're sealed to serve the Lord. And they serve the Lord by preaching the gospel during the tribulation period. The great multitude of people that we see in the second half of chapter 7, there in heaven around the throne of God, they are there in heaven because of the preaching of the 144,000 that are sealed in the first half of the chapter. And in fact, in, in verse 9, when it says, after these things, uh, that, that phrase implies that the salvation of the multitude of Gentiles that are there in heaven, in verse 9, are there as a result of the 144,000 that are sealed in the beginning part of the chapter. There's, there's, a, there's a cause and effect relationship there. In the ministry of the 144,000 Jews preaching the gospel, it will fulfill the prophecy that Jesus gave in, uh, in the gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 14. Jesus said, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all of the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Well, how will the gospel be preached in all of the world as a witness to all the nations? During the tribulation period, God's going to use these 144,000 Jewish believers that are sealed by God to serve Him by preaching the gospel in all of the world. Now, if you think about this, I think think this is pretty cool, what God is going to do during the tribulation period and how He's going to use these 144,000 Jewish believers to evangelize the world. Right now, today, a missionary may spend several years uh, receiving theological training, uh, learning a foreign language, learning a foreign culture, raising financial support, before they are able to travel and go into the mission field. During the tribulation period, there ain't going to be that kind of time. There's not going to be enough time to get the theological training and the language training and raise the support before you can even go. Time's too short during the tribulation period. But with these 144,000 Jews, during the tribulation period, you know, God, if you think about it, God currently has Jews living in over 100 countries in the world on six continents. And, and they live in the countries. They, uh, they are already assimilated into the culture of those countries. They already know the language fluently. They are part of the communities. They, they work regular jobs in the communities in all of these countries all over the world. And many Jews are, are very, very familiar with the Old Testament Scriptures. And they already know the Old Testament Scriptures. And during the tribulation period, once they realize that Jesus Christ is their Messiah, and they believe on Him, it will not take very long for them before they are able to begin preaching the Gospel in the countries where they already live, in the language that they already know, to people in those countries that they're already familiar with and friends with. Think of Saul of Tarsus when he was converted and he became the Apostle Paul. Now think of that and then multiply it by 144,000. It's almost like God has these covert operatives already in place, just living in these countries. And once the Great Tribulation starts, 
and their eyes are open to Jesus Christ, and they're sealed for service by the Holy Spirit, they're activated, but they're already in the land, they're already in these countries, and they're going to evangelize the world. You know, some, some scholars believe that, that this will be uh, the greatest revival in all of history that will take place during the tribulation period. I think that's pretty cool. Now, let's look at the second section real quick here, beginning in verse 9. After these things, after the 144,000 are sealed, after these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, look what it says, of all nations, all means all, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne, And before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and unto the Lamb. These are the people who respond to the preaching of the 144,000 Jews that are sealed. And these are are the people that, that believe and are one to Christ because of the preaching of the 144,000. And look what it says here, again in verse 9, there were too many to be numbered. In heaven, there's too many of them. And these are people that are, that are uh, saved and come to faith in Christ during the tribulation period. And there's so many people that come to faith in Christ during the tribulation period that you can't even number them. It's too many to number. And again, some scholars think this will be the greatest revival in all of history. And look what it says. It says there will be people from all nations, all tribes, all peoples, all tongues. And John, John seems to be really struck by the diversity of people that are around the throne of God in heaven because he says this several times throughout the book of Revelation. Back in chapter 5, verse 9, uh, if you want to look back there, uh, And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You know, he's struck by that. He says it again in chapter 11. He says it again in chapter 14. He just, he sees all of these people from every nation around the throne of God, praising God and praising the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And he's blown away by it. He's blown away by every nation, every people, every tongue, every tribe, every ethnic group, every race there around the throne. Now, we're all all equal before God, aren't we? It doesn't matter who you are or what your race is. We, We all equally need the salvation that Jesus Christ offers us. We all equally need the blood of Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And you see that in heaven. We will see that in heaven. And so it goes on here. You've got this great multitude. And this great multitude, they're, they're out of the nations. These are Gentile believers. And I love this. The Gentile believers who are won to Christ by the preaching of Jewish believers. And this great multitude, it says, they're standing around the throne of God and before the Lamb in heaven, and they're clothed in white robes, which speaks of the righteousness of Christ. They're robed in the righteousness of Christ. You know, we're not going to be in heaven based on our own righteousness because our righteousness is filthy rags. It's going to be the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
And they're holding palm branches, it says, in their hands. Now, why are they holding palm branches? What does that mean? Where else do we see palm branches? Well, you see it on Palm Sunday, of course, as Jesus is riding into town. But where else do you see it? You see it back in the Old Testament. That's where you see it. In uh, Leviticus 23, it was part of the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, the, the Old Testament Jewish celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles commemorated God's presence with Israel in the, in the desert, in the harsh conditions of the desert. And it commemorates how God provided for them during that time. And most importantly, how God brought them through that difficult time and brought them into the promised land. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And so the children of Israel were instructed to celebrate that and commemorate that and here, this is out of Leviticus twenty three forty. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of the beautiful trees and branches of palm trees, the boughs of a leafy tree and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Jewish people still celebrate tabernacles. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. They were to rejoice before the Lord God because he brought them out of their slavery in Egypt and he brought them through the harsh conditions of the wilderness and he brought them into the promised land. God brought them through all of their difficulty and brought them into a place of fruitfulness and blessing, the land flowing with milk and honey. That's what the Feast of Tabernacles is all about. That's why they've got these palm branches, so they can rejoice before the Lord. Those in Revelation chapter 7, they have palm branches because they're rejoicing before the Lord. Why? Because God has brought them through the tribulation and he's brought them into heaven, to his throne. Because God has been faithful to bring them through their, their hard time and their trials. And now they're worshiping and rejoicing before him in heaven. And look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. It says, all the angels. We don't have any idea how many angels there are. <laughs> There's a lot. All the angels stood around the throne. So you've got these tribulation saints, these believers from the, the tribulation period. They're around the throne. They've got palm branches. They're worshiping. You've got all the, all the angels. All the angels. They're around the throne. And the elders and the four living creatures. Remember them from chapter 4? 
And they all, look what it says, they all fell on their faces before the throne. The angels, the elders, the four living creatures, these tribulation saints that are there, that are too many to be numbered. They all fell on their faces before the throne and they they worshipped God saying, I love this, Amen. Before they even begin, they're already saying Amen. You know, before the first note of the first song, they're already saying Amen. That's a worship service when people are already Amen in God before things even get started. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. They got an Amen at the beginning and an Amen at the end. I love it. And then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And John said to him, Sir, you know. That, that's, that's the ancient Greek way of saying, I don't have any idea who they are. You tell me. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. Look what it says. And they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They are washed in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can wash us, that can wash away our sins, that can make us clean before God. Only the blood of Jesus. There's no other fount I know that can make us white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can do that. You know, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us of all our sins. All our sins. It doesn't matter what, what the sin is. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. And you, you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. I do know that the blood of Jesus Christ washes us of all our sins. And your sin falls in the category of all, whatever it may be. And the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you. And you can, you can have the forgiveness and cleansing of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing like it. There's no other place to find it. There's nothing else that can do that for you. And so they're worshiping. And for, he's, they're, they're, they've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Verse 15. Therefore, they are before the throne of God. And they serve Him day and night in His temple. And so they're there before the throne of God. These these are Gentiles. These are Gentiles serving God in his heavenly temple. Now, now for you Bible students, remember the temple on the earth, the earthly temple that was in Jerusalem. Only Jews of the tribe of Levi could serve in the earthly temple. But in the heavenly temple, there's no restrictions. There's no exclusions. Jews and Gentiles alike will serve in the heavenly temple. And it says they serve God day and night or continually in the temple, which must mean we don't get tired in heaven. We don't, we don't have to take naps and that kind of thing. We're not, we're not limited by our bodies like we are here. And, and they're serving before his throne, it says, in the presence of Jesus. You know, one of the great joys of serving the Lord is the fellowship and friendship that you enjoy with the people that you're serving alongside with. In heaven, they're serving alongside Jesus. They're in the presence of Jesus, fellowshipping with him as they serve him. And then look, look at verse 15, and we're almost finished. And to me, I think th- this is worth the wait right here. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. The New King James says, dwell 
among them. That phrase, dwell among them, it literally means he will spread his tent over them. And your translation might say something along those lines like, uh, he will shelter them. He will spread his tent over them. Now, now what, what is the significance of that? In that culture, in the, in the Middle East, even still today, in that culture, if you invited someone to dwell in your tent, you were obligating yourself to provide for all of their needs and to protect them. You were obligating yourself to provide for all of their needs and to protect them. Genesis chapter 18, remember the story of Abraham. We don't have time to turn there. But Abraham is sitting in the door of his tent when the Lord and two angels come. He sees them a great distance off. It says he jumps up, he runs to greet them, and he, uh, he lavishly invites them into his tent. He makes this extravagant meal for them. He says, let me just serve you a morsel, right? That's the word that you, let me just give you a little morsel, a little snack before you guys continue on your journey. And then he runs into the other part of the tent to Sarah and tells her, start, start baking bread. And he goes out and he kills a calf and he roasts a calf over a fire. Just a little, little snack before you go. And he makes this big extravagant meal for the guests in his tent. That's Bedouin hospitality. That's, that's the Middle Eastern. You, you've invited them into your tent. Now you've got to provide for them and you provide the best for them that you have. And you protect them. We see in Genesis 19 with a lot where he's protecting the guests that are in his house. Also uh, in Judges 19, we see uh, the man with uh, the Levite in his house. And he, and he, and the, in Judges 19, the man, he goes out to the crowd and says, this man is a guest in my house. I mean, I'm, I'm obligated to protect him. So back off is the idea. So when, when you invited someone to, into your tent, you were obligating yourself to provide for all of their needs and to protect them from any harm. Now look at the next verse. With that in mind, look at the next verse. Verse 16, they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. Why not? Because they're dwelling in the tent of the Lord. He's brought them into his tent. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. He's protecting them. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. Sounds like Psalm 23, doesn't it? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Doesn't this sound wonderful? And not only is he... Not only does it mean he's going to wipe away the tears from their eyes, it also means here uh, that, that they're not going to suffer anymore. They're not going to have a reason to cry anymore. Because their shepherd, Jesus Christ, is protecting them in his tent. And what we see in chapter 7, just in closing, is that even in judgment, even in judgment, God is merciful It says in in Micah chapter 7 that God delights in mercy. He delights in being merciful. And even as God is pouring out his judgment on the earth, he is still extending the opportunity to be saved and rescued to people on the earth. The Bible says he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ. And, And as he's pouring out his judgment, the greatest judgment in the history of the world, In the midst of that judgment, there's a parenthesis. There's a pause. And there's an opportunity that he extends for people to be saved and for people to be rescued 
God extends mercy in the midst of judgment. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Many questions might arise as you listen to these messages about the end times. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-changing news that they might not hear anywhere else. This is a tremendous opportunity to reach people who are lost and without a Savior. We value your prayers for these important messages that are going out. Pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would greatly multiply because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on this peculiar book of the Bible. Revelation is one of the many that are curious about but find it hard to understand. We trust that God's giving you some clarity by listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.